Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is episode eight of the What the Derf Show, and Noemi and I decided that we need to start doing an introduction for the episode, so here is the beginning of that. In this episode, Noemi and I talk about an anxiety-filled experience between me and a jump house. We get into a couple segments, the second one being a little heavy. Noemi caught me off guard, and you know I didn't know about this segment beforehand, and she asked a couple deep questions about my previous relationships, and I think it may be able to help a couple people. And as always, we uh, end off with the verse of the day. The verse of the day is shortened, however, because the second segment got a little deep, and we feel that can be impactful for people as well. As always, enjoy. Feedback is appreciated on Instagram at whatthederf or o.nohemi. Thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy. Stop picking at your scabs. It's gross. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? So I wake up every day mm-hmm. and something new hurts. And honestly... I expect it, but I'm not used to it yet. And then I think, oh, the pain will go away eventually. But then the morbid thought goes, 34 years old, Fred. <laughs> Stuff is wearing out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is- and I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever said this to you. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure you're a hypochondriac. No, I'm not a hypochondriac. No, you are. Because any time you have any bump any mark and anything anything it could be small on your arm you say oh it's just a little whitehead or it's cancer one or the other (laughs) but you're but when i laugh you go i'm serious no i'm just trying to i'm just trying to hey no i'm just trying to lighten the mood i don't know what i'm trying to do maybe maybe i'm trying to make my hypochondria ness if that's even a word but we're making a word hypochondria ness Normal, and I'm saying it might be cancer, it might be a whitehead. Squeeze it, stuff. Oh, okay, pus. Okay, it's a whitehead. Gross. We're good. Yeah, no, you're a hypochondriac. You just admitted it. Okay, well, you always think you have some sort. I don't of think I'm a hypochondriac. Disease. I'm just so in control of my body, and I feel everything. You I, think you're in control? Well, not control. Body. I feel like I need to have control, and then. So I I know when I'm getting sick, possibly a day before, I'll feel something shift in my body. Mm-hmm. And then I get sick. Welcome back to the What the Derf show. This is episode eight. I'm What the Derf. And the other lovely voice in the other microphone is Hemi. <laughs> And we are oh back. God. We're he's we're, Freddie. We're, I'm Noemi. I'm Freddie. Uh, she's Noemi. And we're doing this. <laughs> we're eight episodes in. We're 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 excited to record now. The first couple episodes, there was a couple instances where I cried. It was a little rough. A little rough. I think <laughs> I no, cried. Once. Noemi cried one time. It had nothing to do with the the podcast. For me, I cried. I was just like, this is so easy. Why can't I figure it out? Why can I figure this out? Eight-year-olds are doing this on YouTube. And then I came to my senses. And then I Googled in YouTube how to do stuff. And here we are. The direction of the podcast. I remember in the first few episodes, I was like, hey, this is a Christian podcast. Or not a Christian podcast. It's a Christian doing a podcast. I don't even know I want to put emphasis on that anymore. This is just what the derf. This is just what the derf. I don't know what the expectation is when somebody clicks on and they say, hey, let's check this podcast out. I mean, would you prefer us talk about a murder 
because that seems to be a thing. People listen to two hour long episodes of people murdering other people and what happened and where it's from. And there's one that's humorous and there's another one that's scary. Or would you prefer uh, it be how is it made? There's podcasts of how is it made? And people take information that they can Google and then they, you know, absorb it and then give it to you with some character things that you can Google yourself. So what it is, is that no one really cares what they listen to. Because if you can Google something for the information, which is what I do sometimes when there's a eight series episode of a murder or something, mm-hmm. I'll just Google the end because I don't have time. I don't have eight episodes, eight 52 minute episodes on Netflix. You can just mm-hmm. Google it, but you don't, you don't go on the podcast for, for the information. You go because, because, oh, it's, it's so-and-so. Or they make me laugh. Or I like the sound of their voice. Why are you here? Wow. What do you expect? I don't know. That's all I got. I'm just going to say right now, Tom Hardy. Okay. Well, once again, welcome back to the What the Do Show. <laughs> that was the longest intro of all time. It was great. It was great. I love it. I love it. Is that good? Should we start over? No, that was good. I'm teasing <laughs> you. Jeez. Okay, so here's what's happening. <laughs> did you get subconscious? I did get a little sorry. subconscious. So here's what's happening in the life of Fred and, and, and Odot Nohemi. We're doing this. We have the podcast. We're getting a little support. People say, hey, you guys have a podcast? And then we're just like, yeah, we got a podcast. It's pretty cool. It's a little nothing. We're not looking to get paid. It's whatever. And then we just go in and in our hearts, our little dreams, like, hey, maybe one, one day we're going to get paid. Maybe one day that we can get paid. Get an advertisement for, for like men's grooming. I'm not going to say the name because that's not free advertisement right now. That's not what this is. We're going to be Hobby Lobby. I'll, I'll say Hobby Lobby because I love Hobby Lobby. Dude, Hobby Lobby would be sick. RIP the 40% discount. RIP. So let's, Wait, let's take a moment of silence for the 40% off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so more people right. are listening to it. And more people are listening to it. We're, we're, we're putting on social media. <clears throat> And we're looking, okay, okay, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? And honestly, the answer is, I don't know, but we developed a passion and we like it. We love it. We're here and we're here for it. And if we can affect just one person, just one person with, uh, this is, this is a, this is a, a glimpse of what's going to come later. Yeah. Go ahead and hit, hit me with the transition. Verse of the day. If we can just affect, you didn't do your usual like verse of the day. It's because I'm trying to be cool about it now. Yeah, but the other one's better. We're established. <laughs> so Let's I don't change I, who we are. I We're just know, a bunch of goofs. I don't know who's who it's gonna affect. The verse of the day. We get into the verse of the day at the end. And I don't know who it's gonna affect. I don't know if it's gonna affect anybody or just reach somebody. But all, all we want to do is be an outlet with a couple fun fun personalities what you perceive as fun or different it's ADHD and Fred I don't know what I am anymore I'm not going to self-diagnose myself with anything but it it, it, that's that's the thing if we affect just one person here we are so here's what's going on that was a paper (laughs) Um, sorry I didn't think it was going to make a noise these mics are super sensitive you know (laughs) yeah I don't move um, my feet. I don't want to move my feet because I might catch the sound. Go. What? I don't know. You said, um. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is totally off topic. This is how you we can, start stuff. You can, you can blame my ADHD for this, but. But. 
I'm looking down at my notes. All right. Under my notes are your notes from last week. Yes. Written in a bigger paper so I could see it under my little, uh, my sticky notes. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, Freddie has really nice handwriting for a boy. Yes, I do. You do? See, what I did is. Um, sometimes it's a little wonky. It is when I'm hurrying. Me too. Have you seen Have you seen my handwriting when I'm writing really fast? I can't see much. I can't like it. But so what it is is that should be in the segment. I can't like it. Whenever I turned in homework or essays and they were handwritten, mm-hmm. you learn to write a little big. Yeah, big that's acceptable. So I yeah. did that, and my handwriting kind of it just looks it's pretty. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty it's there. And um, it's funny because uh, t- speaking of handwriting, I do calligraphy a little bit. Dope. And um, this past weekend was uh, Miss Jenny's birthday, and uh, we threw a little surprise uh, birthday. All the, all the, um, the Sunday school teachers from our church. We kind of put it together for all her because right. she's in charge of us. And, and for, for the listeners in the Philippines, well, there's no listeners in the Philippines. Uh, who is Miss Jenny? Miss Jenny is she's basically like the leader. Uh, I don't know what her title is exactly, but she is um, kind of the backbone of Kid Zone, which is our Sunday school. Um, she does all our meetings. I want to say she's the leader. I know we have pastors um, that lead, uh, but she's pretty much the go-to. Like the coordinator. Yeah, she's the go-to. All right. Um, so we threw a little something for her um, this past Saturday. And I wrote, uh, like I got a big black cardboard thing. I wrote her name on it. It was okay. all pretty. And everyone's like, And then under it, because the idea was that everybody was going to sign it so she can just take it and keep it as like this big happy birthday sign. All right. And so I wrote the thing. It looked really pretty. I'll probably put a picture up. For the YouTube video. And then under, I put my, with my actual handwriting, happy birthday, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And then people were looking at my sign. They're like, whose beautiful handwriting is this? And I said, let's get one thing straight. (laughs) That is not my handwriting. That is lettering, which is different. I don't know why it's different, but when I do lettering, it's pretty. And I'm like, the one under it, the wonky looking one, that's my handwriting. (laughs) They were like, no. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Well, calligraphy is an art. I don't know why it's different, but it is. It's an an art. It's a practice. It's a skill. Yeah. It's a skill. (laughs) Yeah. That was a long rant just to say uh, my handwriting is not that great. Well, speaking of leaders, our leader of the church texted me the other day on, on oh. I don't know what day it was, on Thursday. Who's the leader of our church? It's Pastor Doug Young. Thanks for saying his entire name. <laughs> like you said, he's not anonymous. For whatever reason, I, I pictured there to be a sound right Tell there, me. but we don't have any sounds for that. There's no sound. There's no sound. Don't, don't. Pastor Doug Young. <laughs> <laughs> so PD, he, call him PD, Bishop, Bishop Young. Wait, you gotta do that one again. Ready Let's do one, it again. Three. Bishop Doug Young, who just started working out, lost about forty pounds and benched two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> So Pastor, Pastor Susan's going to listen to us like, what the heck? It. Stop. <laughs> Pastor Susan, I'm sorry. Oh, also, we're recording this the day after that epic worship sesh for the worship team. Uh-huh. And Pastor Susan said. That I was not invited to. You're not on the team yet. I know. Pastor Susan said that Ruth drinks bleach water. And I'll elaborate that on that in a second. Okay. And I'm talking about Ruth again. 
whatever. Yeah. So Pastor Doug, he texted me, I think, on Thursday. And he texts me. Pastor Doug texts you, you know. You look at it. You don't you do not do one of those, right. oh, text. I'm going to wait about, you know, about two hours because I don't want to seem desperate. I just want to be like, oh, just got your text. Even though I got it two hours ago, but then I went to go get a jack-in-the-box, got a seven-piece jalapeno popper, three-piece egg roll, seven tacos, and a, a, a jumbo jack with cheese. And then I checked it. No, Pastor Doug text. You check it. <laughs> go on. And I look at it, and it says, can you find us a jump house for the harvest thing? He didn't put harvest thing. I don't know what it's called. The harvest party. Yeah. For Halloween. And I go, <clears throat> okay. Oh, man, it's October already. This might be a, this might be hard. Let's figure this out. So, and what, and what it is, we, we, we have this small group where we break into other small groups and we're holding this harvest party for uh, Halloween at the church. And each group is holding a game or an activity or something fun. And Pastor Doug says, jump house. Kids love jump houses. And they do. So they do. I go, you know, let me, let, me, let me find a jump house. So I call locally. Three places. No answer. Leave messages. I call outside of the town that we live in. It's like, sorry, we don't deliver. And <laughs> I mean, no, every single one of them was Mexican. I'm sorry. I'm Mexican. So, you know, whatever. That's why it was a spot on. You know, right, even Latino accent. Okay. Right. So it. nobody delivers. So Friday comes. I call those places again <laughs> locally. Nobody answers. Leave more messages. And then Pastor Doug texts me. He goes, uh, what's the update on the jump house? I'm like, because <gasps> I can't find one. I can't even get anybody to answer the phone or deliver. And then I, when I, once I finally talk to somebody that can hold it, are they going to have one for Halloween? So I go, I let him know what's going on. Not verbatim, but just, you know, whatever. And I go, I'm going to post this on Facebook Saturday morning. I need some help. I so help a brother out. And I did. I poured concrete Saturday morning because I poured concrete. You know, I'm a man. And, <laughs> and he put I, his hands up, by the way. And I text. Waved him around. I, 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 I you know, that's texting. That's texting right there. Spot on sound effects because we only have four sound effects and there's no texting sound effects. And I went on Facebook. I said, ISO, jump house, you know, where we live. Let's do this. What are you going to press? I see you reaching to press something. What are you going to press? Just go. <laughs> and I get some, some recommendations. People are just coming through. You know, Fred needs some help. Let's help a brother out. I call this place. They don't have any jump houses on October 31st. I call another place. They don't have any jump houses on October for 31st. I call another place and she answers. And she goes, hey, honey, how's it going? And she says, do you need a jump house? And I said, yes, that's why I called. Do you give me a jump house? We need it for the kids. And I said, do you have one for October 31st? And she said, no. But wait, she goes, wait a second. I'm pretty sure there was a cancellation. And I said, let's see what you got on this cancellation. Is it for Halloween? She goes, yes. She goes and checks it out. Unfortunately, it has to be picked up by six. And I said, I'm not going to say the whole story, but I pretty much said, we're a church. It's a harvest party. We have plenty of capable men that are going to be able to pick this thing up or drop it off or do whatever you need to do. If we can hold it till nine o'clock when a harvest thing is, we need this jump house. 
if you can come pick it up the next day, we'll pay extra. We need this jump house. Yes. I need this jump house. <laughs> Pastor Doug texts me on Thursday. <laughs> I won't be able to stop thinking about it. It's not that I'm trying to impress Pastor Doug, but when somebody asks me to do something, I can't stop thinking about Your it. Your boy comes through. Your boy comes through. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Robin Thicke song one time. Robin Thicke. And I, annoying, I, dude. I hummed a song in my head. And I couldn't figure out what the name of the song was. For four months, every day I woke up. What, what is the song? I, have you ever had a prayer to Jesus to say, Lord, can I stop being so obsessive over the things that don't matter? Right. You At know? some point, ooh, ooh. your boys got to stop. They got a little deep right there. But This Doesn't Matter is a Robin Thicke song, which I didn't know was Robin Thicke. And I'm sitting there going, ah, 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 ah. what's that song? Ah, ah, ah. I can't remember it. And then finally, one day, I go to Safe Mart in the town that we live in. And I'm pushing a cart. And I just hear, I'm lost without you. I can't help myself. And I'm sitting there in the bed, like almost crying. Baby, it's Robin I got my Shazam, I put it in the air, and it said Robin Thicke, and I go, four months, done. So the problem is, is that I'm not trying to impress Pastor Doug. <laughs> the problem is, when I have a task or something on my mind, I cannot stop thinking about it. Yes. Jump house, 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 jump jump, 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 And a little bit that you're trying to impress him, but besides the point, go on. No, not. A little bit. I'm just trying to come through for Pastor Doug. I know he's got a lot to do, so I'm trying. Right. He, I know you're he just being, You're just being a homeboy. He delegates tasks. You're just being a homeboy. He's. I don't want our pastor looking for jump houses. Give that task to me, and you go save a soul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Texas for oh a revival. My. I'll find the jump houses. I'll move the organ. I'll help you move Pastor Sue's nine $9 million couches. Right. Because that's what it felt like I was holding when I held Pastor Sue's couches. <laughs> when we moved it, I said, this thing, this thing's priceless. This <laughs> <laughs> it belongs in a museum. How everybody's protecting oh these couches. They're dope couches. So I'm coming through and I said, Miss Lady, on the phone, back to the jump house. I said, Miss Lady, I need to come through. I need this. I'll do whatever it is. I will air, I will, I'll blow the thing out with my mouth and I'll just sit there and just, oh. <laughs> Holding it while the kids jump. The kids jump when the kids are jumping because they're jumping, pushing right. the air back in my mouth. Okay, right. I'm sorry if you're on Spotify, you didn't see that. I'm sorry. So she says, oh, "I'll call you back, sweetie. I'll call you back." And I go, "Okay, call me back. Just keep some good news." So I go back to pouring concrete with my bad knee with Pastor John and Rich. Um, I'm not going to say his last name because he might be anonymous. Okay. Okay. Continue. And I say. Let's pour the concrete. And I'm finishing the concrete. And then, hey, we can do it. And I was just like, you can? And she says, yeah, do it. We can do it. Uh, we'll leave it overnight. You guys, uh, you guys, you just, you guys just take care of it. Bring it indoors and we're good to go. It's going to be X amount of money cash, which, you know, it's awesome. Assume they're trying to avoid taxes, but that's pretty cool. And it's going to be $150 ta- uh, cash. Let's do it. We can deliver it. Hung up the phone. Thought gone. She thought that was applause. Which one is applause? It's not there anymore. I took the programming out of it. Why did you leave the laughy one? We'll change it for next episode. Pretend, Pretend that, was that was a round of applause. It kind of sounded like wonky hand claps. But that was that. That was a long time on some jump houses. It is what it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. And the kids are going to be bouncing off the walls on, on Halloween. 
That's very awesome of you. You did a, you did a really good job. Why are you looking at me like that? I thought we were going to end it right there. No. Oh. A little bit. I mean, we're almost there. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, now you ruined it. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like this? You're like this. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> She said, she said, put your hands, you went, you're wrong, Dad. <laughs> you reminded me of um, Michelle Tanner from Full House. Oh, I, I don't think we should take any of that out. We should just leave it in. It's all in there. Even though um, the heavy mouth breathing. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into some segments. But first, I got to ask you a question. Ask and me. yes, it does involve the Matrix. Oh, <laughs> Uh, okay. She, okay. The, the, why I laughed? She said she was saving me this question for for for, <laughs> for the podcast. You have ADHD too. Because she, she, I was gonna say what I was gonna say, but she's holding her hands up to me, hand signals, and my brain just stopped working. Nothing came out. <laughs> so she said two days ago, I want to save a question about the Matrix for the podcast. I'm just not gonna look at you right now, so I don't forget it. Okay. I said, ask me now, so I know what to answer. She goes, no. It. I want to surprise you. It has to be live. It has to be live. So this is a I live, your live reaction. reaction. Jinx, you'll make cook. Okay, so The Matrix. And, the Matrix. okay, this is coming from someone who doesn't remember the movies. Not that I don't remember what happens, like parts of it. I just don't remember the full concept of it or the plot line. Hold on. Okay. So my question for you, it's kind of a long question. All right. Okay. So you know how nothing's real in The Matrix. there It's like a program of some sort. Yes. And then that's where the kid goes... Look at the spoon or whatever. There is no spoon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look at the spoon. <laughs> Try to bend it or whatever. <laughs> that, was a rough, that was a rough translation of the movie. I think people get it. Okay. You don't like spoons or something. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> he doesn't say he don't like spoons. You don't like spoons. Okay, good as your question, Tom Hardy. God. Okay, so that was not a Tom Hardy. I only said one thing. <laughs> you try to quote it and you quoted it wrong seven times. Okay, stop. That's an exaggeration. Okay, next. Stop. Good <laughs> question. Okay. So nothing's real, right? Yes. But then when they Correct. shoot him, he does the... The thing? He moves, yeah. So why couldn't he just let them shoot him and then they're like, dude, we shot you and he could have been like, no, you didn't. Oh, it's because technically it's real for the mind. So what you're doing is you're inputting your mind into the programming. So that way you can believe that it's still the year 1999. And that's the year where the agents say the peak of human civilization is 1999. And yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right, 1999, and the mind <laughs> is input into the the software, and it's it's and once the mind is in there, if you kill that version of yourself, they say in the the movie it says he, Neo comes, he's like, so if I die in the Matrix, do I die here 
And then Morpheus says, the body cannot live without the mind. He did, that sounded horrible. That was a horrible Lawrence Fishburne. That was Lawrence Fishburne after he gained like 30 pounds. Oh, yeah. No, he, he gained a lot more than 30 pounds. He gained another person. Oh. Sorry. Lawrence Fishburne, you're still cool. I hope you're in the Matrix 4. I didn't see you in the credits, but whatevs. I hope they didn't kill you off. Oh, what if, probably, they probably did. He could have took steroids, but whatever. That was your okay. question? That wasn't that bad. I know, but it was something else. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to get into the segment. It was something else, but I forgot. That's why you should have asked me right then. I know. You would have laughed. That was that great, was a though. guaranteed. What did you say about the spoon? <laughs> you don't like You spoons. don't like <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to start saying that from now on. <laughs> Whenever we go anywhere to eat. You don't like spoons. All right. Shut. All right. Here's the segments. Noemi's controlling the segments today. I have no idea what's going to happen. Okay. Are you and ready? And we are we getting go. to our first segment. Yes. Freddie is overly opinionated about everything. I like that. Okay. That, that was good. Good energy. Good. Good. <laughs> I feel like I could have given it a little bit more oomph. Maybe. Maybe. The execution was not there. The execution, I'd give it a B minus. The heart was there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Okay. Freddie's overly, overly opinionated about everything. First. Okay. For anybody that doesn't know what the segment is, she's going to give a name of anything. I have no idea what she's going to say. Some sort of concept or something. And the, the thought here is that I always have something to say about everything. <laughs> I'm not arrogant. He always has a rant about everything. Everything. So, it's, yeah. So here we go. I will give you one warning. I did specifically pick things that annoy people. Not everybody. People. But they annoy someone out there. Okay, let's it get it. It was on a list. Let's get it. What do you think about junk mail? Junk mail? Mm-hmm. Meaning I just had to open up a new email <clears throat> account because of all the junk mail I got. And right. Then, then or to your house. Oh, that? Both. Okay, mail to the house, I don't mind. Because it's like, oh, I got, a, I got an envelope. And even if you hate the envelope, it still feels good getting something. Right. I like opening stuff. Yeah, you open it, and it's like, <clears throat> it's like you open it just to argue with it. No, my second insurance is going to cover that. I'm not paying for the x-rays. Okay? <laughs> I'm not paying for the x-rays. You need to call my second insurance, and they're going to cover it. No, I already met my like, deductible. I think junk mail would be something that does not pertain to you. Oh, so like, yeah. Oh, get this credit card for $5,000. No, because then I check, hey, what's my limit? Uh, probably reflects my credit score. It's pretty good. The only time I don't like something is when I get something in Spanish. That annoys oh, me. okay. Just so the assumption that I speak Spanish. If it's in Spanish. a different language. The direct TV. You're not about it. Direct TV in Espanol. And then they give the deals on Telemundo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. messed up, man. It's great. We're going to kind of just roll past these. Just roll. Okay? Just go. These should be like 30 <clears throat> seconds. Okay. Just go. The next one. Go. I want you to visualize. I'm visualizing. I'm closing my eyes to visualize. Ooh, that rhymes. You get a phone call. I get a phone call. It's a friend. It's a friend. You answer. You say, hey, what's up? You already don't really like phone calls. Okay, right? yeah. Then after you answer, he's about to tell you why he called you. Then he says, oh, wait. Then proceeds to have a five-minute conversation with someone else that is with him. Go. It's like every conversation with you. (laughs) 
Are you making a sad face right now? I'm just joking. Wow. That's not even true. Okay. If somebody calls me up and says they have something important to say, and then they don't say anything because they're talking on the phone with somebody else, it wouldn't get to five minutes about, and they didn't say hold on or put me on mute. I would just hang up. I would hang up. Okay. And then when they called back, I may answer. I may not. Because that's rude. Depending on the level of anger. I already don't like calling people on the phone. I don't know how to end conversations. Yeah. I don't. Because especially with my boss. I'm the worst at that. Okay, this is this is this is a conversation with my boss right here. My boss at the <laughs> at work. Let me I, I didn't practice this, so hopefully I, I do it justice. You know, I call him up, just his boss man is named Larry. And he goes, most of the time most of the time. You just you just hear this. It's a it's a Bluetooth, so he's not like he's it's a flip phone, but you just hear this. Fred. Like <laughs> <laughs> What's your twenty? I'm like, hey, hey, Larry, what's going on? Hey, uh, I'm I'm done putting on those turbines on that house, or not the house, but the. Brick building. The, the, the block building. Let's just, it, it's a hypothetical situation. I, I couldn't even make up something fake. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's how my life's going right now. <laughs> and he'll be like, all right, man, you got that done quick. And then I go, hey, Larry, where's your accent from? Aren't you from California? And then he goes, <laughs> no, I don't say that. And he goes, uh, you know, all right, just do this, 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 and this. And I go, okay. And he goes, okay. And then there's just silence. And I just wish at that moment I could just hang up. But out of common courtesy, you want to say bye. <clears throat> and it's so awkward because I'll go, okay, bye. And then he'll say, okay, bye. We both say, okay, bye. And it annoys me every time we both <laughs> say, okay, bye. <laughs> this has nothing to do with your overly opinionated about everything. It but. is a little bit, yeah. Okay, go. This, would, okay. this is what ends up happening. Okay. Larry, I'm not making fun of you. If you ever hear this, okay, bye. <laughs> there was one, but it kind of relates to that one a little bit, so I'm not going to do that one. Go. Next one. Uh, extra charge for luggage at an airport. Mm, I don't fly at all. The last time I, uh, and I'm a light packer. Okay. So, so you never. Take extra charge for luggage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't understand why people get mad about that at an airport. If you're bringing more things. Yeah. How many, there's, how many there's things a fee do for you, everything. you need? Yeah. See, to complain at airport, it's crazy how people complain at airport. You know, I think I saw this is okay. This is this is I'm pulling pieces of things that I've seen on TV right now. So this isn't anything that I googled or I have facts right in front of me. But I heard through two shows. One was a how it's made, I believe on airplanes and then it, it gets into airlines and then another one was undercover boss and he was a boss for an airline both I love that, that both show. with the same you know uh, statistics and that was statistically i believe four out of ten airlines make a profit a year four out of ten most of them rely on i think subsidies which is just Supplemental pay by the government <coughs> to just stay afloat because that's how everybody travels now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just think how much um, fuel to fly is. Right. And you want your two hundred dollar plane ticket. Mm-hmm. And when someone says, "Hey, it's going to be extra charge because you're bringing more stuff," and you complain, 
it, right. it's probably a lot cheaper than you already, you, you know. Right. It's funny how people are well, flying in consider. the air and, and they're looking for the cheapest flight. <laughs> it's like, just give me the best quality. You know? People don't consider what? Um, no, people just don't take anything into consideration other than their own needs or their own desires, you know. That's a that's, a, that's another another deep thought right there thought for another day. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna get into our next segment because we're the segment's over. That segment's over. Good job. So I had more stuff well. written down, but you did your due diligence. Is that what you call it? Yeah. No, you did. You did good job. You did. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you did what I wanted you to do. Which was rant. Okay, ready for the next one? You do not like the spoon. <laughs> you don't like spoons. <laughs> Shut up. You okay. Don't no. like spoons. <laughs> okay, this next segment is a new one, even for Freddie. So we're introducing a new one. I came up with it. I think it's going to be great. The title's funny, but I think we're going to get into some deep stuff. We might, we might not. Doesn't matter. Ready? Let's see what happens. Durf's been divorced twice, so he's got a no relationship advice. <laughs> it rhymes. It rhymes. rhymes. Durf's been divorced twice, so he's got a no relationship advice. <laughs> so the it's in air quotes uh, relationship advice with that first title. Okay. All right, let's do this. I have no idea about this. I want you to give relationship advice for these questions. Okay. Okay. And I will not throw anybody under the bus. Everything that I say is my emotions and my perception. And thoughts. And I'm not here to bash anybody. Yes, I don't let him bash anybody, and he doesn't let me bash anybody. Uh, Personally. Yeah, we don't let each other do that to each other. Not in conversation. Yeah. We always say pray for the other The other day... I, I, sometimes we just gotta be each other's like, a hey, maybe that, you shouldn't say that. That right you know? angel, that yeah. shoulder angel. All right, ready? Let's do it. <clears throat> Some of these I think are gonna get a little deep. So the first one, I, I really want to get through all of them. Okay, cool. Um, they're having a bad day. Your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, whoever. Boyfriend is in that list. No. I won't no, have no. a boyfriend. Not you specifically. This is a question, a general question for anybody. Okay, got it. Okay, your person is having a bad day. What is the right thing to do? Leave them alone or stay and spend time with them to see if you can cheer them up? Mm, depends. The more you hang out with somebody, the more you realize, uh, you kind <clears> of <throat> gauge where you can be a part of the the solution. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes people just need their space. Yeah. The best place is to kind of ask if they need space. Uh, more times than not, it, it, sometimes when that happens, you learn when you're younger, it's hard to not feel like it's you. Right. Somebody can just have a bad day. And these are things that you have to learn and develop as you get older. And I wasn't always the best about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to learn and gauge when somebody wants company or be talk to or learn that it isn't you what people say and do is a representation of them and their day and their emotions and where they're at so mm-hmm. i you, think you said a mouthful there about even just the beginning when you said just ask i think that's yeah. the best policy to just ask yeah and that's where honesty comes in and as you know a significant other you just got to be honest and you have to be able to take the honesty i, I <clears throat> 
you, you learn that the person you want closest to you is the one <clears> you can <throat> be the, completely honest with. Yeah. Even if it's just brutally honest, Noemi says, um, l- let's just say Noemi says to her, her, her mate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says, do you need any, what do you need from me? And he says, I just don't want to talk to anybody right now. That still has nothing to do with Noemi, but it's hard to swallow as a person. Yeah. Because you want to be the comforter. But most people are in most situations, you're responsible for your own emotions. So you kind of just have to let them ride through it. So the best thing is to ask and then just write it out from there. And also be open to what they need because they don't always need you. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with love or not love. But if it like how you said, it's just it has nothing to do with that person. If you're like, I don't I don't I just can't talk to anybody today or I don't want mm-hmm. to. I'm not feeling it before insecure. Noemi would be like, but why? Yeah. But I feel like I've learned lately to just <laughs> Was it your understand beans, your beans were cold. <laughs> <laughs> the tortilla's too hard. All right, next one. This okay, <clears throat> next one. Let's do it. This one just says navigating singlehood. How are you? How can you be okay in that transitional period? Because there's a transitional period. I believe that there's someone out there for everybody. If you want, if that if that <laughs> is the desire of your heart. So, how does someone deal with that? You either left the person or they left you and you're going through this single phase before, you know, finding uh, ultimately finding somebody else. I feel that it's 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 OK. All of the above. The fun, funny parts are how people have opinions of what needs to be done or what you should do and this and that. And well, nobody really knows what you need. Mm-hmm. Let's just say being single. <laughs> Is the same thing as a person coming home and having a bad day. You kind of got to don't tell them what they need. Right. You just kind of got to go with it and say, here's what it is. I I will say it's been since I left in December, been divorced since August. And I was married through California until August, whatever. But since I left... That's been a journey in its own because you have to learn to be alone. You have to be, you have to learn to be alone. I don't think that we're meant to be alone. Even if you do end up living a single life, you're always wanting companionship. You go and do things and who's coming with and you have your best friend. You always want somebody there to share, to share life with. with. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I kind of, you, you kind of got good at being alone, able to sleep really good and it's funny because it's funny. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be honest. This isn't arrogance, but this is just reality. I find myself in a situation now, where because of TikTok, and I think more me realizing confidence within myself. I I don't know any normal way to say this without saying arrogant. Th- there's plenty of fish around me. There's plenty of fish right now, and. And I just, um, I don't care. My DMs. Hey, I live here. Let's go get a cup of coffee. Oh, hey, I, I thought here. you said, hey, I love hair. No, I was I, like, what? I live here. Which I'm saying like they're an hour away or hour and a half away or, 
or let's go let's go do this let's go do this and the uh, dms every day somebody's asking me let's go do something those are the ones you block uh not necessarily i, I block weird people or they start if they oh, even get I close that's to being what weird. You meant by weird no inappropriate okay asking me on a date's not weird that's that's flattering that's fine that's what it is so <clears throat> and then you say something and then then it just turns into oh you're you're funny you like the stuff i post on instagram but I find myself right now, I, I don't care. I don't care about looks. I don't care about that good vibe. That good vibe. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Chili's. Uh, get get some appetizers and just and just laugh about nothingness. I want real. The reason why is because not necessarily my first marriage. I was young. We were young. There's a lot of negative in that that marriage. The second marriage, <clears throat> I loved my wife. Mm. I did. Yeah. And I thought that that was it. I think, like I said, I'm not here to bash anybody. This is just my emotions and my feelings. I think I was loving. My love was being poured into a bucket that I, that had a hole in the bottom. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So when you go through a relationship like that, you don't care for the, you have pretty eyes. <laughs> when you're not looking to go have one night stands or anything. Right. If, you're going, if you're looking to have one night stands, you're just going to go and just, just go on a single wrecking ball. But that's not what I do. It's not what I want. So that you have pretty eyes. Or let's go get some onion rings. Or let's go look at the stars and eat some Funyuns. Maybe get a Diet Coke because we're watching our blood sugar level now that we're in our 30s. It just doesn't do anything for me. I just... I don't want to say I'm numb. I want real. Uh, and then I want a woman of God. I want a woman of God because I serve so much. And I'm not bragging about myself, but I do. <clears throat> I could say that. I say that humbly. I'm serving. Yeah. And I do it gladly. I need, I need to be equally yoked with somebody. That's what I was about to say. It goes with that verse about being equally yoked. And yeah, I feel the same way about. Um, That's a good analogy you gave about the hole in the bottom, because I've felt that way many times. Um, but yeah, that's pretty good. And and for anybody listening that doesn't know what it means to be equally yoked, you have a yoke which is the mechanism that um, an ox has their head attached to that pulls whatever they're going to pull. So equally yoked <clears throat> is when there's two slots for it. Yeah. And you want to be equally yoked, same drive, same mm -hmm. motives as the person to your left or person to your right. Because if not, you're just going to go in circles. Yeah. And here's something that I realized, that if the other person is not equally yoked, Let's just say you're pulling in two different directions or they're just stagnant. You can't make up for their lack of in the relationship, whatever they're lacking, whatever it is, whatever they're not doing. You can't make up for it because the moment you try to build up what they're not producing and providing, you're still unequally yoked. And all you do is just spin in circles faster because you're get you're carrying more most of the load. So your slow circles start to get faster and faster because you're uneven still. You're getting more and more uneven. You just keep going in circles, 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 and spiral. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of truth in that. What's next? What you got? <clears throat> what you got? Uh, the next one I can't decide. I'm just going to pick one because I have three. But pick whatever. a girl. Okay. How to... <clears throat> How to best support a partner that is struggling with mental health, whether it be anxiety, depression, etc. Yeah. You're and a jerk for asking this question. Why? Because you know it's going to get emotional. Okay. So what happened to me in the last marriage that I was in, I fell into a depression. And... The words can't really describe what I felt. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get into full detail of it. This is everything that I felt in the depression. I'm not going to hold back, and it's it's very it's very detailed. So when I fell into the mental, you know, state that I was in, I was depressed, and my whole body was out of whack. When I look back at it now, it was as if my body did. Just a hard reset, a hard reboot, just like you would a computer where you didn't go click options, shut down. You pulled the plug and everything had to start up again. It's exactly what it felt like to the point where I couldn't even get aroused. Nothing happened when when there was attempts of intimacy because my the chemical imbalance was so out of whack and this is going from fully functional to not even being able to do that not being able to sleep i couldn't lay horizontal for whatever reason nobody had answers so i'm going through all of this and the hard part to your question saying so this is me saying there was so many physical things. If anybody just thinks, oh, it's a mental, just be happy. I'm saying physically my body was out of whack. Physically. It was out of whack, out of line, and it, I overworked myself. <clears throat> Up to that point, I was sleeping four hours a night. I was working two shifts. I was drinking a lot of caffeine. I was working out like crazy. Go, 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 go. Never stopped, never rested. Boom, I snapped. So anybody that believes, oh, you just got to think happy thoughts, I'm sorry that it doesn't work. It doesn't. And it doesn't help when people say that at mm. all. So physically, my body was affected. And how or what would you say to somebody, that, and your partner going through mental illness or mental you know, a depression or anxiety driven, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say. Yeah. It goes back to that first question that you asked. Mm -hmm. Your spouse has to recognize that everything that's going on has nothing to do with them. And if you can be strong and deflect that and not absorb any of that energy and just be there, because when you're in a state like that, you have to work through it yourself. And it took took me, if you asked me this question back then, I wouldn't know the answer. Mm. But nothing will help <clears throat> as far as what you say or what you can do. Nothing. All you can do is be there for whenever they're ready. So you needed to be alone or like left alone? I needed to be left alone, but know that you were <laughs> still there. And that sounds 
Like, how is that so? I just needed to be left alone and know that you were still there while I figured this out because I wasn't confident. I wasn't confident in it. I was insecure because I obviously knew that I was falling apart. And I, I just needed something that reassured me that said, hey, I'm still here. I got you back. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I didn't get that. Mm. Um So three years, it took three years of therapy. And it was consistent or was it on and off? When I first started it was every week. It was like specific times. Like it would go away. What? Oh, you're talking about the depression? Right. No, yeah. it was constant. It was constant. It didn't go For away. three years it did not go For away. For a year and a half it was constant. <clears throat> To where my smiles felt fake. My laughter felt fake. I'd laugh and I'd, my subconsciously, or just consciously in my consciousness, I think I'm not even happy laughing right now. It was just dread. Year yeah. and a half. Yeah. And so That's I started, rough. I was going through counseling for uh, every week, then to turn into every two weeks. And I've never, I don't quit. And that's the crazy thing when it comes to divorce, which hurts my heart. Yeah. It hurts my heart because if people knew me, they know I don't quit. I don't quit. And now I'm the dude that got divorced twice. And we joke about it because it's all we can do. But I, I don't, I don't quit. And I didn't quit fighting when I was in depression. I didn't, and I didn't take Xanax. They prescribed it to me. I didn't, I, I just, I didn't go to alcohol, I didn't go to drugs, nothing. I legit stood in my Bible some nights saying that you're, you're going to see me through this. Uh, my prayers were just sometimes ugly to God and cussing, and I just, I just would... It was rough, but I didn't give up. I told, I went to my, my counselor, a therapist, and I just told her, I was like, I got to figure this out. And every session, she'd just be like, you've done leaps and bounds to where some people stay in this state all their lives. These breakthroughs that, that take people 10 years to get because they're so stubborn or prideful or they can't familiar, familiarize their fear. Mm. because what do you mean by that <clears throat> you're going to have anxiety driving a car until you familiarize yourself with its mechanism and capabilities and then it just becomes second nature so whenever you offset your chemicals are out of whack you have to familiarize yourself with it all over again I couldn't even walk through a department store without feeling anxious I would bite my shirt I'd be sweating I'd go sit and eat I'd go to In-N-Out for whatever reason, because of noise in In-N-Out, I couldn't do it. And I'd go leave crying. And I remember one time specifically, my ex-wife were going to one of her friend's houses and I didn't want to be weak. I we're going to one of her friend's houses to go eat dinner and have some drinks. And I started crying on the way over there. And she said, let's just turn around and said, no. I said, no, we're going to this party or, or this, this dinner. And she said, why? Look at you. 
I just said, I, I can't be, I can't be scared forever. I can't have anxiety forever. I can't be depressed forever. And I'm not going to get anywhere unless I push myself to familiarize myself for familiarize myself with it. And that's nothing that my therapist told me. That's just what made sense in my head. It's like, I'm scared all over again because my body reset. And here we are finding out what's dangerous or not. And I went through spouts of d depression. There was depression all throughout it. Anxiety throughout it. There was one point I was seeing things for like a month. I was schizophrenic. And then there was one point it was mania and I'd have highs and lows. And one point just complete, just depression. Just, it was like, I went through these waves of these mental states, these mental states. It was, I got to experience everything <clears throat> even bipolar. It was everything. I felt it. I was seeing things crazy, yeah. Yeah. crazy. And I would still go to church and nobody knew. And nobody knew. And everybody you talk to when you're going through something like that, it's just this, they don't understand. They look at you with these eyes that just don't receive whatever you're saying because they don't know the depths of the dread of, of the mental state that you're in. And the hard part is you're trying to articulate something that cannot be articulated. It needs to be experienced. And people don't know. I know. I know that 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 God recognized it. God recognized my persistence. God recognized what I went through and how I had to fight through it because nobody knows. God knows that I pushed myself to go serve and cry in my pillow before a Sunday morning before I went to go lead on the worship team. And people will say, you sing amazing and this and that. And then everything would just go. And then you're back in your own emotions. I would hang out at church until everybody dispersed because I didn't want to be in my own thoughts again. And no one knew that. And it, it wouldn't have mattered if everyone knew it. I told the people that needed to know, my pastors knew, my therapist, my wife, family. And I was very open about it. But I didn't confide in everybody. People just knew. Because no, no one can do anything. You are literally alone with just you and God and the temptation to give up. And when it's not until that situation, well, it's not till then that you find out how strong you really are. Yeah. And here I am. I've, I don't go to counseling anymore. I still have spurts of depression, still got to cry occasionally, but I'm more attentive to my emotions. Don't hold them in. I let them out. I give my energy when I can. If I need to just stay home, I'll stay home. If I don't feel like doing something, I don't do it. Don't, I know, I know, you learn more and more how to say no. And yeah. now I, I, I don't know. I don't know where else I'd rather be. Your question was, what can you say or do for a spouse or significant other? What's the best way to, no, not, <clears throat> now what can you say or do best way to support a partner? Just to be that. there. Just to be there. Yeah. The thing is, if I was equally yoked, if I was with a godly woman, the faith, the focal point. This is why God needs to be in the relationship. It's almost as God is the middleman. God is the mediator. God says, if it, it's a certain language, faith is a language. Mm -hmm. So if you 
find somebody that's equally yoked with you in your faith and your works, then they're going to speak a language that you receive. And that's God's word. And they're going to believe in something that you both believe in. There was no fallback. Yeah. For the significant other. It's unfortunate. Yeah. There was no fallback. There was no... There was no fallback. And that's not, a, that's not, a, that's just the situation. That's not me talking crap about anybody. That's just the situation. So just imagine it was chaotic. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool now. Well, thank you for that. That was really, that was really insightful. Yeah. Um, that wasn't think, even the verse of the day. I don't think a lot of people know. Um, I mean, a lot of people deal with mental illness, but <clears throat> the degree that you went through, it was pretty pretty up there there was the things that you described there there the thing that was crazy is that i had these thoughts where i would see and what i know now i forget the word for it but your 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 imagination takes off to situations that could happen it's almost like when you step on a edge of a cliff and you think you see yourself paranoia you see yourself falling off the cliff it's not that you want to fall off the cliff you recognize it as as an imminent danger so it was crazy. I'm, it was there was moments where I thought I thought Brandon would be in my arms, which is my stepson, ex stepson, and for some reason I thought I was going to hurt him. Not because I wanted to hurt him. It's almost like I recognized my strength and how small he was. I don't know. So I, I didn't re- I didn't know what this was. So I would just stay away. And can he go with his grandmas this weekend? I need to figure this out. I would go cut onions. And I would see the knife do things and I'd have to put the knife down and stop cutting the onions and I couldn't sit. So I would get these images and then I learned how to, it's crazy. I don't even, it's not even anything that I, I wrestle with anymore. It was crazy. I, I don't understand what it is. It, I don't know what you it was. Some, like a mental break. Type. Yeah. Yeah. But there were two instances where <clears throat> giving up was there. Hey Fred, how do you know God's real? Fred, how do you know God's real? I mean, besides what I've seen and the healings that I've seen and the joy I've seen spread and the feelings that I feel when it came to this situation, going through it, how do I know God's real? The two days where I considered giving up, didn't say I was going to do it, didn't plan nothing out, but I just, I just, God, I give up. First time I went to church. And I would sit in the back corner at church. And for whatever reason, Pastor Doug didn't sit with his wife that day. He sat next to me in the back. Hmm. When have you seen Pastor Doug not sit with Pastor Susan? Never. When have you seen Pastor Doug not sit with Pastor Susan? Never. And he sat next to me on the day that I woke up saying, God, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And when he sat next to me, I just felt peace for the first time in a long time. And it went away and it was gone. But it was like, okay, that was crazy. Three years I've been there. He's never, I don't even know why. I don't even know if he remembers. Yeah. Pastor Susan's his wife, if you didn't put that two together. The second time I went to save Mark. And it was time that I went to the gym. I, could, I spent 10 minutes at the gym and I had to leave because my body was out of whack. And I go to Save Mart. And again, on the car, I waited. And I waited, which means the timing was perfect for this. I waited in the car for 10 minutes. 
saying, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I'm away in, I see Pastor Doug and Pastor Susan walking oh, wow. out. Yeah. And I, I, I say, okay, I remember what happened last time. Okay. I, I know you're here with me. Yeah, just their, their presence gave you some sort of comfort. The timing of their presence. Yeah. And all they did was just be. All they did was just exist. They don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's enough about that. <clears throat> Forget all emotional stuff. <laughs> okay, with the, after, after all that, I know they got a little deep. It was funny, and then he got serious. And what's going on? I was on here laughing. Now I'm on way home from work, and I'm crying. And I'm just like, <laughs> I feel those things too, Brad. I feel those things too. And if you can do it, I can do it. I'm not making fun of your depression. But you gotta laugh. You gotta to laugh. Oh yeah, and laughter. Sometimes it. you just gotta force a laugh out laughs out. <laughs> Watch stuff that you know you're gonna laugh at. My go to's are the replacements. You know what's a show that helped me out was atypical. That was a good show. Hmm. But you just find stuff that you're you're happy with. So we're we're gonna have a short little session of what we call First of the Day. The way that your facial expressions like really sh- show out is the best thing. In case you didn't know, that's my voice. <laughs> In case you didn't know, first day. That's my voice. I tried different ones. <laughs> I tried different ones. I was just like, like, oh, like the verse of the day, or that, or I was gonna <laughs> you say, did not. I was gonna say, it's the verse of the day. Verse of the day. Do it, uh, Mickey Mouse style. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's verse of the day. <laughs> Or I even just uh, do it, Matthew McConaughey version. All right, all right, all right. Getting into the verse of the day. <laughs> do it, uh, Morpheus <laughs> version. <laughs> How would I be doing? No. And now, it's the verse of the day. It was like a mixture of Lawrence Fishburne and Morgan do, Freeman. Now, do um, what's that? What's that guy's name? Something Williams or what? No, the guy from the one that says "Wow." Oh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> Owen Wilson. Wow, it's the verse of the day. It's getting to the verse of the day. It's done. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> Ready? The original one. The verse of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting to the verse of the day. That was a lot of ranting right there. But that's my voice. We're, we're figuring it out. And I have my Bible today. We're going to keep it short and sweet because we got in deep with that one. And I think that can be helpful with somebody. It can be helpful. Yeah. All right. And if you listen to this if you're from church and you're just like... Oh, he went through all of that. I feel so bad. Don't feel bad for me. I got through it. If anything, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. Like, yeah, that's a bad dude right there. He didn't take no medication and he got through depression and anxiety. He lives with some of that stuff on a daily and he still says, I'm going to serve. I know where my faith is. I know that I serve righteousness and I still show up to church. I still show up for the kids. I still show up to maximize manhood. And I still sing. And you're about to get your cool sword. And I'm about to get my cool sword. So the thing is, if you see this or hear this and you you feel a little bit of empathy with me, just know, just know that I got through that 
and still still serve and made no excuses, don't make excuses. Someone does you wrong, you have a bad emotion, whatever, don't make an excuse. Get your cheeks in the seat, get your hands rough, spiritual hands rough, some sweat in your brow. Verse of the day. Romans 8. Uh, I love Romans. Wrote, like the people? Romans. Oh, the book. It, yeah, it's my, okay, it's my favorite book. Whatever. Romans 8.28. I chose this script, 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 script. Where's the hard? I chose this scripture for a reason. Okay. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Mm-hmm. I chose this because the other day we have the I Have Questions series for the kids, which is part of the arc. So if by some chance somebody's listening to this and they're under the arc too, probably the same curriculum for their youth. I have questions. And what it is, is questioning God in your walk with God or just having questions for him in your walk with God. David questioned God. Even Jesus questioned, questioned God. David's like, I'm so sad. My skin is touching my, my, my skin's his bones. is touching my bones. I'm so sad. But nevertheless, your will be done. So I don't know if that's blasphemy. If that is, oh my gosh, I was just trying to, that was David. That was just my, that was just my impression of David. I wasn't being dumb. Okay. You were being a little bit dumb. Okay, my I bad. I you weren't talking about Jesus though. I wasn't talking about Jesus. I wouldn't do that with yeah. Jesus. Jesus to me sounds Jesus like Morgan said, Freeman. No. Yeah, not thy will, but your will be done. Oh, and he said, God, why have you forsaken Oh, Father, why have you forsaken me? Yes. That was a question. Okay. Yeah, that was a question. So then we know that uh, uh, so all things work for the good for those who love him, but those who love him still go through trials and storms. They through they go through the perceived bad situations in their life. Mm-hmm. For those who love him, and we have that series. I have questions, and we're at Starbucks, me and Noemi, and I'm writing, and I just stand up and start walking around, walking around because I have this for me my own revelation. Okay, and. See if I yes, can turn for to the those page. of you that go to church with us, he doesn't only do that walking around thing at church. He did that at Starbucks. Yeah, so it's not that I'm trying to... Me, whenever I'm up on the platform, I'm never, ever trying to be extra. I just can't contain... Okay, Your we, we, it's not the emotion. Our desire is to be in the presence of God. And when you feel the Spirit moving... You can't help it. When you feel the Spirit moving... <clears throat> you gonna sit down and eat corn nuts? No. You're gonna sit down and check a text message? No. No. You just—it's it, almost like your body can't contain it. Right. It just can't contain it. So what I, I told this, the the children, the children, and I wrote it down, and and it, it just resonated with me. Okay, so I have questions. God, where are you? This bad stuff's happening. Why did this person die? Why can't I have a baby? Why is my, you know, why did I get fired? These bad things are happening and I serve you and I'm part of this godly community and I serve what's going on. And I said, okay, stuff happens. Life happens. So let me ask you this. What is love without choice? What is bravery Without a test of fear. What is courage without a storm? What is discipline without distraction? What is a journey without a stumble? So we have these instances of perceived good. About a house, got a rave, 
Got a new car. Got a couple compliments. We have these perceived situations as good. Right. And then when something bad happens, what was me? Where's God? Where's God? Why did he allow this out? For every good moment, there is an adverse opposite bad thing for it. Mm. And if everything works and is good, it is because how do you test your courage? You test your courage by surrounding yourself with something that may be fearful to break you down. And when you surround yourself in a situation that is perceived as bad and you still build your courage from it, that opposite reaction of your good feeling is there to build up your good. So you need to be on this side of the pendulum and then you're going to go all the way back, recognize it, choose courage, and then be even deeper on the other side. And then you go back. And, and, and it's a shorter journey to that side because, oh, I've been here before and, and I wasn't scared last time. God saw me through. And your courage and faith even swings deeper to the other side. And the more you're tested, the more you're tested, that sway becomes less and less. And you just stay in this opposite side of good because, oh, I'm... I got a divorce. God saw me through. Oh, I had a miscarriage. God saw me through. He sees me through. I lost my job. God will see me through. And you keep swinging to that other side and you get so comfortable on the other side. And you remember how you got there with the faith that God will see you through. That God says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And if you're part of his purpose and you're doing everything in your due diligence to be a good man of God, woman of God, to strive for Christ likeness, then you can have the faith and, and the courage and the knowledge that, that God is going to see you through if you're part of his purpose. Yeah. That's it. If I ramble on anymore to be ramble, I think that was perfect. That was good. <laughs> bueno. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good for a five-minute verse of the day. Yeah. And the Bible's open right here. Oh, <laughs> echoes. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, um, Eric Nor, you sent me um, what the Durst verse of the day, but we didn't know how to extract it, so we're going to probably use it in episode nine or ten, but it's going to get used. Mm-hmm. What's up? Nothing. You're looking at me, and I'm looking at you because you said, you said, let's do the verse of the day shorter so that way we can be like, Instagram this, and what do you think this, what do you think this? And then you're looking at me, and I'm waiting for you, and you're not saying anything, and I'm just like, okay. Well, because I had something, but you rambled on and didn't look at me not one time, so I couldn't say what I wanted to say. But you, I mean, you said it all. Say what you need to say. No. Okay, say so this episode, stop. Say what you need stop. to say. This episode... Uh, our verse of the day was a lot shorter. Usually we we set up at least 20 minutes uh, just for that segment. Um, But since we were talking about mental health and all that, we decided um, it would be a little shorter. So most of you guys that listen, follow Freddie on Instagram. Um, And we would like to hear from you if you have any questions about it or if you have your own interpretation of that verse because there's so much that you can get from one verse. Mm -hmm. um, And we want to hear it. I like it. Yeah. And you can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's what the derf. And next time I'll say what I wanted to say. And Noemi is Oda Nohemi. YouTube channel is coming along. Episode four is almost out. Mm -hmm. You can like, hit the bell and subscribe. I think... 
this will look a lot different in a year. I'm pretty excited to see what we've built in I'm a year. I'm excited to change the background, the white background kind of. It's getting old, huh? It's getting old. And it'll be good. But we're excited to see what we build. And regardless of what happens as far as anything for the benefit of us, it's still going to be here. The digital footprint is here. And we're going to keep doing it as long as we can yeah. do it. And we're capable of doing it because the intention was never to somehow make this a job or get rich nah. or anything. This is fun. This is for fun. If anything that comes with it, to God be the glory. And we would be excited for it. But we just like to do it. So the thing is, the camera's on me. And I have a what the derf. TikTok, and it's like, oh, I got 100,000 followers. That's nothing. That's peanuts compared to everybody else, 100,000 followers. And the camera's on me. It's like, hey, Fred, what are you trying to do? Yeah, that'd be cool to build a little brand. But I don't, I don't, it's not, it's never about me. It's never about me. The the thing is, I get that I'm the gestures and I'm different voices, and it's just a character. So you can receive it well, and you receive things visually and audibly and and, and through touch and I will say in episode 8 which is honestly a pretty cool number because it's symmetrical when you put a line down the middle yeah think about that symmetry which say, one? 8 oh yeah yeah not my 8's my 8's are crooked it's never about me it's never about me it's about God and if being a personality can become something, then sure. But uh, emphasis is always in God. I'm just a vessel. So is Noemi. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>